You're listening to Classroom Confessions with Katie Smith, a podcast where teachers share advice, encouragement, and the realities of today's classroom. Hello, everyone. It is Friday night here in Las Vegas, and no, we are not getting ready to go out. We are getting ready to record Episode 7 of Classroom Confessions podcast, and today we're going to talk about planning. Um... This week has been super crazy and eventful, so I'm going to give you guys some updates before we get into some planning tips that I have as we all get ready to jump back into the school year. So welcome, welcome. I hope you guys enjoy. But for reals, it's like 8 o'clock because I just got home. So happy Friday. Um, This week was my first official week back at work. We started on Wednesday. And in my district, the way it works is teachers go back to school three days before students and we have two days of meetings and one day of like free day, I guess, to work in your classroom. And so this week, um, we had a lot of time to work in our classroom and then a few meetings, but I had some like pop-up meetings come up or pop-up things that we had to take care of because our school this year decided that we are not going to do planners. We're just going to use Google Classroom, which I am a total fan of, but it's a switch for us. And so um, as part of the technology committee, we just had to do some extra training that we weren't expecting. Um, So just a few little bumps in the road, but we are excited to start the new year, try this out, see how it goes. So I don't know how many schools actually use planners anymore. This is our first year going without a planner, so it should be a little interesting. We will see how this goes. But most of our kids never wrote in their planners to begin with, so I don't know. I guess it's more of like pick your battles. So we'll see how this goes. I will keep you posted, I promise. Um, The other update I want to give you guys is my classroom is officially done. So um, I... I'm in a portable. We have 18 portables on our campus and we have to fit up to 45 chairs in our classroom for the first day of school just in case. Our numbers aren't that high but it's always just in case until they can get them balanced. So I've always had desks the two years that I've been there. I've always had desks and last year a teacher with tables left and I was able to get her tables. So now in my portable, I have tables and I'm able to have 45 plus seats. I'm taking a leap of faith and trying flexible seating in a middle school classroom. I tried it a little bit last year, but it wasn't like an official policy. So this year starting out with flexible seating should be a little interesting. Right now, I have two levels of tables, so normal level and then a higher like standing desk and then some bean bags on the floor. And so hopefully, me in a few weeks to a month, I'm hoping to drop a table down so we can have some floor seats and then middle seats and then a standing desk. It's um, so like tiered seating. And so later tonight, I'm going to post the pictures in my classroom for you on my Instagram. So please make sure to go follow Classroom Confessions podcast on Instagram and you'll be able to see my current room. And then tomorrow on the website, I'm going to post a before and after video of what my classroom looked like 
last year versus what my classroom looks like this year. So you can see the difference with the tables and the desks because to be honest, like I don't even feel like I'm in my own classroom right now. It's weird having tables. It's totally different. So fingers crossed this goes well. Um, I want to jump into the rose, thorn, and bud. So for those of you who are new, each week I talk about the my rose. And so there's the rose, which is something good that happened this week. The thorn, which is something not so great that happened this week. And the bud, which is something exciting or something you're looking forward to for the next week. I feel like it's really important for teachers to have something to look forward to because Sometimes we just get bogged down with all the work and we forget that there are exciting things going on in our classrooms and on our campuses and in our day-to-day life. So I'm going to start with the thorn because my rose and my bud are way more exciting. So my thorn this week, my eh, something not so great was the surprise training um, that we had to facilitate. It just led to a couple extra meetings and a little bit of extra work, which is totally fine. I definitely don't mind helping people. It just wasn't something I was expecting. And I think we did a great job. My team is fabulous. So I love my technology committee friends. Um, Go team. So that was my thorn. Nothing like terrible, but just like not great. And then my rose this week, I have two. My classroom is done. So yay, I'm ready for school to start. And then this week we are celebrating um, my boyfriend's birthday. So we celebrated Wednesday. We're celebrating tomorrow. Birthdays are really important to me. I just like to celebrate the people in my life on their birthday. I think it's like their day. So I try and go above and beyond to make people feel celebrated and loved on their birthdays. So that's what is exciting going on this week. That's why I wasn't back till my house till late because I was running around getting all the things for the celebration tomorrow and then my bud is that on Monday we have our first day of school and I'm very excited I have like 170 ish kids this year and I know some of them I've heard of some of them but I'm excited to meet them and to have the first day done and over with and jump into the new year. We have a brand new curriculum and so I'm excited to test that out and see what's going to happen because we have never taught this before. So this should be interesting. So today I wanted to talk about planning. As teachers go back to school and start to plan their curriculum, I think it's really important to look back and remember some things that we've learned about planning. And for me, I was trained in backwards design and then universal by design. So backwards design is also part of universal by design, UBD. UBD was developed by McTeague and Wiggins and they backwards plan in that design as well. And the way that it works is the basic concepts, and I'll get into a few details and give you some examples. But the way that it works is that you start with your end. So, for example, an assessment, whether it be a project, a test, an essay, you start with the end. I want kids to be able to do this. I want kids to be able to do project A. So you know that that is your end. Okay, now you look back at your standards. And hopefully your standards informed your assessment decision or your end goal decision. Because standards should be informing what we teach. They're there. 
We might not agree with them, but they're there. And so then you look back at your standards and you're like, okay, how am I going to get my students from point A to project A? What information do I need to give them to get them from point A to point to be able to complete the project? And you write down all that information. And from that information, that's how you lesson plan. So I'm going to give you a concrete example. And I'm going to talk about how this applies to your year-long goal as well. So I'm going to start with your year. So when I am planning my year, what I like to do is I like to pull out the school district master calendar. And I add in all of our holidays. So days off, um, Thanksgiving week off, any special events like in my department, social studies, we have to take our students to do picture day. So I put picture day on the calendar. Any days that are going to impact my teaching, I add to the calendar. From there, I look at when finals are for each semester. So we do three days of finals in the winter and three days of finals in the spring. And I put those on the calendar. Those typically fall at the end of a week. So I know the two days before, those are my quote-unquote review days. So I have a week for finals in each semester. So that cuts that off. In spring we do a writing final the week before our finals. So the last two weeks of my spring semester, I know that I am giving finals, whether it be the writing final or the regular final. And so I put all that information onto my calendars. Okay? Then I look at, okay, what does the district or what do my standards say I have to teach in each semester? And I have to teach five units first semester, five units second semester. So that's roughly two and a half units per quarter. So then what we did as a team, because this is brand new curriculum, is we mapped out roughly where units would fall. Two and a half, let's take our 20 weeks minus the week for finals, so we have 19 weeks divided by three, or sorry, divided by five. And that's roughly how many weeks we have a unit. So we know roughly we have three to four, not even three to four, like three and a half weeks per unit is what we are allocated, roughly. We can go over, we can go under, but it should be roughly around three and a half weeks. And so we tentatively map that out so we know generally where we are going and how long a unit should be. Then what we do is we figure out what test or assessment we are going to be giving each unit. So, for example, unit one, we're giving a test. It has some multiple choice questions. It has a reading. It has maps. It has charts. And so we know that we have to teach all the information that's on our multiple choice questions. For us, it's like five themes of geography, different types of maps, those are our multiple choice questions for that first test. Then we also know that we have to teach some reading skills because there's a reading portion. And we also know that we have to teach some map skills because there's some maps on our assessment. So we take the fact that we need to teach them certain content. We need to teach them how to read in history, how to decipher a map, 
and how to read charts and graphs and pull information from that. So we take those four basic ideas. Then we look back at our standards and we say, okay, we have to teach North and South America. We have to teach culture. What does that look like? So we took our test from our year-long plan. We broke it down into how long our units would typically be. We created an exam based on the standards. Then we took those same standards and applied them to individual lessons. And then in the individual lesson, we have different tasks. So taking notes on culture, researching a culture. That's one task. Um, and so in backwards planning, you're always working from what you're trying to get the kids to be able to do. Here's an example from last year. Last year I taught U.S. history. So the students have to know the American Revolution. And so one of my assessments was they had to choose the 10 most important causes of the American Revolution. I give them 13 causes. They have to choose 10 and then defend them. There are way more than 13 causes of the American Revolution. I know this. However, I chose 13 to give them. So now I know, okay, I have to give them information on these 13 events. How am I going to do that? Well, I lectured on it. I gave them a reading on it. And then we discussed it in class doing a spectrum activity. So I know my end assessment is students are going to have to be able to justify the 10 most important causes of the American Revolution. I provided them information in three different ways and allowed them to discuss it as a class before they do the assessment. So by starting with the assessment, I know what I have to teach. And I think that if you start with the standards and not knowing what your end goal is, you could go on and on and on and on. I could teach the Civil War for a year because there are so many interesting facets to it and background knowledge to it. I could teach World War II for a year because it's my favorite and that's what my degree is in. But by starting with an assessment and knowing what your end goal is, it narrows down your scope and your focus of what you're trying to get the kids to be able to do. And hopefully you're giving them things that they can then take away. For me personally, my teaching of history has shifted from memorization of facts to skills. I don't care if you know all 45 presidents. I really don't. It's not that important to me. What I care about is that my students can come out of my class being able to read a difficult text and apply those skills to a different class. And so when I plan backwards, that's what I focus on. What are my long-term goals for my students? What are my short-term assessments? What is the time period that I have to work with? What is the most important information they need this unit? And the skills build throughout the year. So UBD incorporates backwards planning. Start with your assessment. Figure out what the kids need to know. Plan your lessons around that so that you get the kids to the assessment goal. Another in wonderful thing I like about UBD, it's universal by design, is that when you're planning, you are thinking about the accommodations that you need to make for your students who have IEPs or 504 plans. 
And in the lesson plan templates that my school used for UBD, we had a space to write in all of the accommodations for the students. So student A gets notes, student B gets visuals, student C gets notes and fill out his behavior tracker, right? So um, it helps you think about how you are accommodating for students when you are planning so that you don't get to the day of and you're like, oh crud, I forgot to make Bobby his printout of the lecture notes. So it kind of helps with that planning process. Um, I know this isn't super in-depth and it's kind of a little convoluted to listen to, um, but I hope that it helps a little bit for those of you teachers who struggle with planning or aren't super comfortable with planning um, because it is a great way to look at your year and how things are being planned. My team will sit down in the next couple of weeks to put in our long-range plans. And so we'll, we'll look at our end dates and we'll look at our rough length of unit to give our principals their uh, our long-term plans. So that's all I have for you guys this week. I did want to leave you with a quote from John Wooden as we go back to school. I start Monday. My first day of school outfit's already picked out, so I'm super excited. Um, but just as you get in that mindset to go back to school, um, this quote from John Wooden says, make each day your masterpiece. Yesterday might not have gone great. Your lesson might have failed. You might not have got everything done on your to-do list, but that was yesterday. Leave yesterday in the past. Come to work with that new attitude, that new refreshed mindset that today is a new day and make each day your new masterpiece. Sometimes the biggest mistakes turn out to be the best in the long run. So don't let any mistakes get you down and look at each day as a new chance to make it a masterpiece. Um, as a reminder, you can listen to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Radio Public. Please subscribe so that you guys get the automatic updates as school gets in session. Who knows when these podcasts will be posted, but they will be done on Fridays, I promise. Check out classroomconfessions.net tomorrow for the before and after video of my classroom so you guys can see what it looks like last year versus this year. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at classroomconfessionspodcast at gmail.com. And as a reminder, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Classroom Confessions Podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at Class Confess Pod. Make sure to check out the website tomorrow for the class comparison before and after. And then later tonight on our Instagram, I will post pictures of my classroom. So just a reminder, you are alive. You are kind. You are patient. You are wonderful. You are fearless. You are important. You can teach anything. You can be anything. You can change the world. You're doing the damn thing. You've made it another week. Bye, y'all.